You are listening to the Restoration LA podcast. For more, visit us at restorationla.org. If you are alive today, it's for a purpose. Amen? As humans, we want to be happy. We want to be successful. We want to count. We want to matter. We want to leave an imprint. We want to have a purpose. But if purpose is not about us, then who is it about? If it's not about us, if we don't start with us, then who do we start for when we talk about purpose? It's about Jesus. We sang about it this morning. Jesus is enough. Christ alone. There is no different starting point besides Jesus. Amen? So I want to dive a little bit deeper this morning. I want to dive a little bit deeper in that question of what is my purpose? So Lord, we just want to thank you, God, for this opportunity, for this morning, Lord, for the ministry that you have already uh, done in us and through us, God. Lord, for the weight that you are removing for the bondages and the chains that you are breaking, Lord, already, God, this morning, we, we're believing and we're trusting, God, that we have left some, some junk at your feet, God. Amen. Lord, and I just pray, God, that even now in our portion of, of, of this message, God, that our hearts would be open, that our eyes would be open, our ears would be open, God, to what you're saying to each and every one of us as your people. Lord, I pray, God, for uh, myself, Lord, and I pray, God, that you would uh, uh, just every word that comes out of my mouth, Lord, would glorify you. It would be your will and it would be your voice in your mighty name, King Jesus. Amen. All right. Story time. Example time. I'm missing something. No, I got that. There it is. What is this? <laughs> don't act like you don't carry spoons in your pocket. You never know when you're going to need one. What is this? Are you, are you laughing because I couldn't find it in my pocket? Like, how do you not? Okay, that makes sense. So it totally derailed my whole example today. It's a spoon. What's the purpose of a spoon? Cereal? What kind of cereal, Mark? Fruit Loops? Good choice. Throw it at people? No. What's the purpose of a spoon? To feed yourself, right? That's the purpose of a spoon. Let me ask you a question. Can you dig a hole with a spoon? Can you dig a swimming pool size hole with a spoon? You'll be there for a long time. It's possible. I believe that it's possible to find a purpose outside of Jesus. I believe. I believe we can. I believe that we can find a purpose in a career. I believe we can find a purpose in raising our kids. We can find a purpose in feeding the poor. We can find a purpose in working on a cure for cancer. We can find a purpose in our lives if we work very hard at it. We can find a way to dig a swimming pool size hole with a spoon if we work very hard at it. But this spoon was never created or never purposed for you to dig a swimming pool size hole. It's to feed yourself. You guys getting it? Yeah. My job right now is plumbing sales. My purpose as a man and as a father and a husband is to provide. My job, my purpose is to sell plumbing equipment to my customers, 
to support my customers. That is a purpose I have in my life. But it's not the purpose that God has for who I am. It's not the purpose. Right? So just like you can dig a hole with a spoon, it's not its purpose. It was never created to do that. You guys with me? So all the activities above that I said, uh, the cure for cancer, raising kids, none of it is a bad thing. And I want you guys to know, I'm not saying that any of this stuff is a bad thing. But even though it can work, it was never its purpose for a spoon to dig a hole. It's not why it was created. Last week, um, I ended on the scripture of Colossians 1.16. And it says, for through him... For through him, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things we can see and the things we can't see, such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, and authorities in the unseen world. Everything was created through him and for him. And if this spoon just fell from the sky one day randomly and none of us knew what it actually was for and none of us actually knew what it did, we would have to figure out who was the creator. We would have to figure out and ask some questions and we would have to go to Google and we would have to say, what is this thing? What is it for? We can't just ask the spoon and, and allow the spoon to figure out what it's for because then we'll be digging a swimming pool sized hole for lots and lots of years. Right. You guys get what I'm saying? Yeah. We have to go to Jesus. We must go to the creator of the world. We must go to the creator of us. And that is the Lord. Amen. Revelations 4.11. I have tons of scripture this morning. We are not going to be uh, in one big portion of scripture. But Revelations 4.11 says, You are worthy, O Lord our God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and they exist because you created what you pleased. You are worthy to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and they exist because you created what you pleased. Isaiah 43 verse 7 says, Bring all who claim me as their God, for I have made them for my glory. It was I who created them. It's God talking. We read these two scriptures. We get two things from it. We understand that we, or God, created us for his pleasure. When God created you, he was pleased by what he was creating. You're his masterpiece. You were crea uh, God created everything for his pleasure and for his glory. That makes sense? Yes. What's the definition of pleasure? It's a feeling of happy satisfaction and enjoyment. That's why you were created. God delights in you. He enjoys you. You were created to bring him pleasure. We were also uh, created for his glory. And to glory, uh, to, uh, glory means to glorify. To glorify God means to give him glory. The word glory relates to God in the Old Testament falls in line with the idea of greatness and splendor. In the New Testament, the words translated glory means dignity, honor, praise, worship. And we put these two together, we find that glorifying God means to acknowledge his greatness and give him honor by praising and worshiping him. Primary because he's God. 
He alone deserves to be praised. He alone deserves to be honored. He alone deserves to be worshipped. We sang about it this morning. God's glory is the essence of his nature, and we give glory to him by recognizing that essence. So what were we created for? To give God glory and to bring him pleasure. We were created for God's glory and pleasure. Uh, pleasure. Tell your neighbor that. Tell your neighbor that you were, you were created for God's glory. Tell your neighbor that they were created for God's pleasure. I need to drink some water. That's why I need you guys to do some work. That changes lots of things. I was created for God's pleasure. I was created for God's glory. We were shaped and formed, designed and given life for his benefit. For his glory, for his purpose, for his delight. It pleased the Lord to create me. That's a different feeling and that's a different perspective from what I've always felt in the past. Sometimes I felt like nobody saw me. Sometimes I felt like nobody heard me. Sometimes I felt like nobody liked me. Sometimes I felt like no one cared about me. I felt like I didn't have a purpose when my plans didn't come, come to pass. Felt alone. I felt um, depressed. I felt uh, filled with anxiety. I felt like no one on the earth even cared about me. But then we read the scriptures and we realize, man, it pleased the Lord to create you. He delighted in it. That's why he created us for his pleasure, for his glory. It was for his purpose and it's for his delight. It's a different perspective than what we're used to as humans. We're saying that you're not the center of attention. That kind of hurts. It means that you're not the moral of the story. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. It means that my Mondays are for his desire. It means my Tuesdays are to give him glory. My Wednesdays are to bring him pleasure. My Thursdays are to bring him satisfaction. My Fridays are for his enjoyment, not our own. Our weekends for his enjoyment, so on and so on. Created and purposed to bring Jesus enjoyment. Purpose to love and live for Jesus. What's our purpose, church? It's a different perspective. It's different. We are his children. You are a child of God. Our lives on this earth, even when we are in heaven, even when we die here and we, are, we take our last breath here and open our eyes and we're in heaven, our purpose is to bring him glory. It never stops. Our purpose is to bring him pleasure. And while we're on earth, our purpose is to bring him ple pleasure by how we live and how we love. Amen? Bringing pleasure, giving God glory is also called, it's a fancy word called worship. Bringing pleasure and giving God glory, uh, giving glory to God is also called worship. Anything and everything that you do brings, that brings pleasure and glory to God is an act of worship. Everything you do, 
that you do for, for the benefit of the Lord, for God's glory, is an act of worship. And as believers in Jesus, worship should be as normal as eating and breathing. It's as easy as eating and breathing. We just do it. Nobody has to remind you to eat dinner. Nobody has to remind you to eat breakfast, maybe breakfast. But nobody has to remind you to breathe. That's just something we do. It's natural. It's normal. It's not even a second thought. That's the way our worship should be. Should be as normal as eating and breathing. Why? Because we are the reason, because uh, it's the reason why we're alive. It's why we're alive. It's why there's air in our lungs. It's why our heart's beating. It's because our purpose is to bring Him worship. Amen? If it's offered in spirit and in truth, it is an act of worship. So, how do we please God? How can we give glory to God? It's worship. It's worship. It's having a heart and a lifestyle that worships Jesus. It's flipping the perspective on us and turning that into to Jesus. Amen? Romans 6.13 says, Do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. Instead, give yourselves completely to God. For you were dead, but now you have new life. So use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. You guys hear that? You guys with me? Use your whole body as an instrument. Give yourself completely to God. And that word, give up, never sits well with any of us. Never sits well. Never sits well. But having a heart of worship is to give yourself completely to God. To live for God's plans and purpose means that we must give up. And that's a bad word. It's a bad word to us. We have to give up our thoughts. We have to give up our plans. We have to give up our opinions. We have to give up our, our thought processes. We have to give up our mindsets. And in that, that's surrender. Yeah. That's surrender. And it's an ugly word. Nobody wants to be asked to quit or give up or to lose anything. We work too hard for that. I'm not just going to lose my life. I just can't change the way I'm doing things. I can't just leave stuff in, in, behind me. I'm not giving up anything. What, what, what if what I want to happen doesn't happen on the other side when I release some stuff? It's hard. It's hard to lose stuff. It's hard to surrender. It's an ugly word, and I get it. There's many people who won't step into the church doors because they're afraid that they're going to have to lose some things. Oh, I'm going to have to, I'm gonna have to lose the way I talk. I'm going to have to lose, you know, I have to give up, you know, cussing. I have to give up how I dress. I have to give up how I, I think. I have to give up, you know, doing this and my habits and, and hanging out with the boys and, and hanging out with the ladies. And, you know, I'm not ready to give any of that stuff up. So I'll let you know when I'm ready. And then I'll walk through the doors because I'm not ready to give up anything. I'm not ready to forfeit some habits. And I know, like I said, surrender is a bad word. It goes against every way that we have been wired. No one wants to lose. No one wants to be considered a loser. 
And if you know me, I don't like losing either. I don't like losing. Even when me and my kids play Uno, I won't lose. I don't like losing. Me winning builds character for them. That's why I didn't, that's the Lord changed me, delivered me from that, I'm telling you. When I even play Uno with my kids, it's like Mamba mentality, I'm not there to lose. There's kids that are crying, they're running to their mom, they're running to the room, they don't want to play no more, they're throwing the cards away because they're just tired of it, because I refuse to lose. Nobody wants to lose. I get that. And I understand that in our world, surrendering, that word surrender means you are admitting and accepting defeat. It's giving up, it's forfeiting. And, and doing any of those things initially feels terrible, sounds terrible. It's an ugly feeling. But then you do it. Right? But then you do it. But if we understand that if our purpose is to bring pleasure to Jesus, if our purpose is to give glory to Jesus, we do that by our worship. We do that by our surrender. We have to understand that words like surrender and give up, and that they take on a different meaning when it's for God's glory. It takes on a different meaning when it's for God. There's no losing. There's no defeat when we surrender to Jesus. There might be losing and surrendering when you lose an uno. But there's no losing and surrendering when you do that with Jesus. Amen? Losing and defeat when you surrender to Jesus. I'm sorry. We are not surrendering to a man or an opponent or an enemy. We're talking about God. We're talking about the creator of the world, the, the, the God that created you and me. When we surrender to him, when we're in worship and we, we lay the burdens at our feet and the weight on our feet and the sins and the things that are in, uh, tr- in, entangling us and trapping us. When we lay those things at, our, at God's feet, there's a relief, right? You surrendered something. You gave up something. You lost something, but you gained something else. You gained God. Amen. You gained breakthrough. You gained courage, you, gra- you gained faith, you, ga- you, you gained boldness. Are we good? There's no losing when we give up to the Lord. Psalms 149, verse 4 says, For the Lord, this is word again, the Lord delights in his people. He delights in his people. He crowns the humble with victory. You don't lose anything when we give up for the Lord. Amen? Worship is a lifestyle. Worship pleases the Lord. It's connection with God. It's communication with God. And anything that brings pleasure to God is an act of worship. In worship, we tend to think lots of different, we have lots of different takes on worship and what worship is. We, we tend to think that there's different types of worship, right? We, we normally tend to think that worship is, is the music, the song portion of our Sunday mornings, right? So we, we, we think we have, a, we have options. We think it's like a jukebox, right, for God. And we have different types of music, right? And worship that is done to the Lord and for the Lord pleases the Lord, doesn't matter the style, right? Doesn't matter the sound. 
It doesn't matter the volume. It doesn't matter how slow or how fast. It doesn't matter how loud. Our worship has nothing to do with the sound or the songs that we prefer. Right? Preferably, I would prefer like some NWA Easy Easy type beats. Right? Some, some 90s gangster rap type beats. And I'm sure a lot of you would be like, what in the world is happening in here? Doesn't matter what you prefer, right? If you have a favorite song, then make your own mixtape. It's not about your song. It's not about the songs that you like and the sound that you prefer. Worship is for the Lord. It's not for us. This is for the Lord. It's our voices, our singing, our worship is to bring God glory. And worship is also not only the music portion of our Sunday mornings. And we forget that. We think worship is just the three to four songs that we sing on a Sunday morning. And we think, cool, I did my worship. That was good. Enough of that. Let's get into some other stuff, right? But worship goes beyond music. You with me? Worship goes beyond music. Worship can start on the way to Starbucks in the morning. Worship can start with the first person that wipes down one of those bathrooms. Worship can start when someone starts to straighten out the chairs and starts, and starts uh, cleaning up the trash that the kids have left. It's worship. You want to know a good sound of worship? The sounds of vacuuming being done in the life of our church. It's a great sound to the Lord. The sound of ACs uh, uh, starting up at 7 in the morning when church is not until 9 a.m. to 10 10 a.m. The sound of a printer that's printing out the kids' ministry teaching outlines. Worship starts and continues before and after we sing the three to four songs on a Sunday morning. Our purpose is to worship God. It's the song in your heart when you're in the shower. When you show up early for work, when you bring uh, your, your co-workers to lunch, when you're at the grocery store reflecting on how blessed you are because you have a full cart full of groceries. You can worship in the hospital bed, you can worship on the baseball field, even in your jail cell, in your cubicle, in your classroom, in your sales meeting. Wow. Worship God. Worship is pleasing to God. And our purpose is to worship him in all things. It's to bring him pleasure in all things. It's for his benefit, not ourselves. And when we reflect on our purpose of worship, on glorifying Jesus, it reminds us that he is God. When we worship God, when we lay everything aside, when we turn the perspective off of us onto him, we realize, man, this guy's I'm sorry. God is God. It's not about me. I'm just a guy. I'm just a guy. It's, this whole life is not about me. It's about glorifying Jesus. He is worthy. I'm not. There's a result in our worship. When we get this, when it's in our heart, when we have a heart of worship, there is a result, a tangible result when we understand our purpose in Christ. Number one is we get to know him. We get to know him. We get a deeper relationship with Jesus when we begin to worship him. 
When we begin to live for his purposes. Amen. Amen. Hosea, Hosea 6, 6 says, I want you to show love, not offer sacrifices. I want you to know me more than I want burnt offerings. And in this portion of scripture, in the Old Testament, the, the Israelites have to, would used to, used to have, have to bring sacrifices and offerings to the Lord. And their hearts were never in the right place. They used to do the things. They used to get the bulls and the goats and the sheep and the best. And, and they used to sacrifice them. They used to, they used to cut them up and they used to offer them to the Lord. But their hearts were never really worshiping God. They used to just do the stuff. Right? They used to do the rituals. They missed it. Their heart, their heart was not on God. They were focusing on the wrong and superficial things. God wants a relationship with us. When we have a heart of worship, we get to know him. We gain a deeper relationship and understanding of who God is. And number two, we get to delight in him. We get to delight in Jesus. And he delights in us. Psalm 16, 11 says, You will show me the way of life, granting me the joy of your presence and the pleasures of living with you forever. That's good. That's amazing. You will show me the way of life, granting me the joy of your presence and the pleasures of living with you forever. God delights in us. We delight in him means we enjoy him means it's not a task to come to church on time means it's not a task to open our Bibles. It's not a task to go to another meeting. It's because we're enjoying God. He's delighting in us and we're delighting in him. It's not a law. It's not a ritual. It's not a bondage. God is glorified when we are most satisfied in him and we're not looking behind looking for something else to add. And God is good, and this is good, and sure, it's good sometimes, but not all. No. God is glorified when we are satisfied in him. I love my kids. And if you listen to any of my messages, you know I love my kids. I always talk about my kids. Uh, I'm, the, I'm the dad that's like showing pictures of my kids to people who didn't ask for it. I'm that guy. I like talking about them. I like talking about the silly things they do because I delight in it. I delight in my son wearing a baseball helmet on a Sunday morning, even though initially I'm like embarrassed, but then I'm like, man, look at this kid. And I'm just watching him. I'm just, I enjoy that. I delight in that. Does that make sense? You delight in your kids when you see them doing things for the first time, when they take their first steps. You delight in that. You got the video camera out and you're videotaping it and you have a thousand pictures of your baby doing the same thing, sitting in the same position. <laughs> Why? Because you delight in it. It brings you joy. It brings you enjoyment. There's no difference with God. God is in heaven looking down upon us, doing the same exact thing. Look at Ken. Look at him. That's my boy. Look at what he's doing. Look at how he's loving. Look at how he's living. That's our God. We delight in him and he delights in us when we have a heart of worship. Number three, we draw near to him and he draws near to us. In worship, when we throw aside all the stuff, when we get out of the way, 
When we make God number one and we understand that our lives are to glorify him and to give him glory and to delight and to bring him pleasure, he draws nears, draw nears to us and we draw near to him. Many times we often say, I don't feel God. I don't hear God. It's, I feel like God has been distant. My question is, have you been drawing near to him? Have you been worshiping him? Has your life been lived in a way that is bringing him glory and pleasure? James 4, 8 says, come close to God and God will come close to you. Come close to God and he will come close to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, purify your hearts for your loyalty, your loyalty is divided between God and the world. When we push the world back, we don't look at the world. We're looking forward to Jesus. He comes close to us and we come close to him. Number four is less of us and more of Jesus. There's less of us. A lot of times we are in the way of what God wants to do in our lives. Lots of times we get in the way of the, the pleasure and the, and the glory that, he, that, that we're supposed to show him. We get in the way. Yeah. And when we're worshiping Jesus in spirit and in truth, it's less of us surrendering our stuff, surrendering who we are, and it's more of Jesus. Amen? Yes. And number five, it's to make him known. It's to make him known. When we're worshiping God and our lives are, are, are set in on his purpose, our goal and our job and our speech and our conversations is to glorify God. It's to bring him pleasure. People are seeing that. Those that you're around, those that you're in your school, those that are at your, your work, they begin to see that. They begin to want that. They begin to ask you questions. They begin going to you and trusting you. And you're able to say, oh, it's not about me. It's about God. Let me tell you about my Savior. Let me tell you about my Creator. Let me tell you what He's done for you. Let me tell you about the cross. Let me tell you why you've been created. We begin to make him known. Amen. God has made each of us with a purpose. Unique and beautifully made to carry out his purposes in our lives. He has given us each of us a talent. He's given us each gifts. He has made us beautifully unique, different. Everyone in this room is different. And that's on purpose. And that's for a purpose. He has called you to this church, to this city. He's called you in your jobs, in your schools. He has called some to be pastors. He's called some to be missionaries. He's called some to be employees, students, mothers, fathers. Uh, he's given musical gifts. He's called some plumbers, janitors, car salesmen, wives, husbands, singles, target associates, artists. We need to remove ourselves from the equation. We need to stop comparing. Stop comparing ourselves to what so-and-so is doing on Instagram, or our, our coworker, or our brothers and our sisters. We need to stop comparing and understand that, and we need to surrender ourselves to Jesus. Yeah. To know Jesus, to draw near to him, to delight in him and to get out of his way. No matter where we find ourselves today. No matter what you're doing. No matter what school you're going to.
No matter if you're a stay-at-home mom, a stay-at-home dad, whether you're unemployed, whether you're sick and bedridden, whether you're stuck at home, no matter what you, where you find yourself today, know that God has a purpose for you. That purpose is tough. It's not as easy as, as I'm making it sound this morning, but it's to glorify him. It's to bring him pleasure with how you live and how you love. It's to worship him in spirit and in truth, to worship him, to surrender yourself to him in all things. This morning, I know we've had some ministry time today, but I, I do want to end with this. You find yourself trying to know God, but you, find, you feel that something's in the way. Something's in the way. Whatever that something is, you find yourself struggling with this life of worship. Maybe you find yourself far from God. You find yourself often comparing yourself to those around you. I want to pray for you this morning. I want to pray with you this morning. We don't have to do anything weird. We don't have to, to come to the front. and Not that that's weird, but just where you're at, where you're sitting. If that's you, if there's something in the way, why don't we give that to the Lord? If you want to stand up, if you want to lift your hands, whatever you have faith for. But it's that surrendering moment. It's giving it up. You're struggling with the purpose that God has put in your life. Something's in the way. Oftentimes it's ourselves. Find yourself struggling with this life of worship. Surrendering, giving up. It's tough. It's hard. I don't want to. Don't leave this place still holding on to the things that are holding you back. And like I said, maybe you find yourself far from God. Don't leave this place filling that distance. your purpose in other things but you want to start living for God's purpose maybe you found some hope in some other things but today you want to put your hope in Jesus and if that's you I would like you guys just to raise your hand where you're at you found purpose in your job you found purpose in your success maybe you found purpose in another person in a man, in a woman. And no matter what you do to find that purpose, you still end up feeling lost and you feel like, man, I'm just so far away from the Lord. I want to pray for those things this morning. As you're praying, as you're giving those things to the Lord, as you're offering those, those sacrifices, those offerings to the Lord, as you are dumping those things on the floor spiritually and I hope physically as well, that there is a switch and there is a, a change that is happening in your heart. Holy Spirit, God, you see your people, you see your children. 
hearts bowed, God, that they're giving up, Lord. struggling with worship, Lord, I find, I, I pray, Lord, that they would have a heart that just beats after your heart, God. Those who are, are, are struggling with surrendering, God, Lord, I pray that they would surrender and not look back, God, that they would run their race, that they would live their lives to bring you glory, God. For those who are often comparing themselves to those around them, Lord, I pray, God, that that chains and that burden and that bondage would be broken in the name of Jesus. That the only thing that would matter would be their relationship with you, God. Those, Lord, that found them their purpose and a job in their success, I would pray, Lord, that they would know that there is nothing wrong with being successful, nothing wrong with working hard. Nothing wrong with achieving the goals and the plans that they, have, that, that, that they have placed in front of them, Lord. But I pray, God, that they would not put those things over your purpose for their lives. That they would submit those things. They would surrender those things, God, to you. And for those who are feeling lost, they're feeling distant from God, I pray, Lord, that they would be close. draw them near God and last thing Lord I want to pray for those who don't know you at all they don't know you we're singing and it sounds good and the, we're preaching and it's making some sort of sense but they don't you don't have a relationship with you and you want to make a decision to have a relationship with Jesus today that's you. If you can, just raise your hand quickly. I would like to just pray. If you don't know God, but today you want to make that decision to follow God, we can, we can, we can celebrate in that with you. If there's anybody here. So Lord, we just thank you, God, for your salvation. We thank you for that cross. Thank you, God, for loving us, for forming us, for designing us. Lord, thank you for the blood that was shed on that cross, Lord, that we can make a decision to follow you, to live for you, God. Lord, we repent from our sins. We repent from the old ways of living, God. We turn our backs on that old life and we look focused straight at you, God. Lord, forgive us of our sins. Forgive us. We're putting you at a distance, God choose you this morning, God. We choose you, King Jesus. In your mighty name, amen and amen. 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 We have a purpose, church. You have gifts, you have talents, you're uniquely built, created, and crafted. The Lord is giving you spiritual gifts, physical gifts. We are to use those things for his pleasure, for his purpose, for his glory. And beyond that, our purpose as a church is to make him known, to draw close to him, to live and to love the way Jesus has called us to. Amen? Awesome. Can we give the Lord some praise?